Welcome, Michelle. It's so good to see you. I'm so happy to have you. Lovely to see you as always. Feels like we've done this, right? <laughs> I hear you've been up since 2 a.m. I have. I have been up since 2 a.m. Um, Terrible. Orders and things. So I'm always up early and I go to bed early. So, um, but no, it's good, good to see you and good to speak to you. You too. I'm so happy we got this figured out. Tech challenges and all. We're doing it. Yeah. Honestly, persistence, eh? Yeah. <laughs> you just got to work on it. <laughs> I've learned all about that doing the podcast. You've got to have patience and just like Go muddle on through. Yes, exactly. Um, for those listening, Michelle is amazing. I met her on a trip where I was desperately in need for catering out of London um, I typically make all my food on board. However, in other countries, it's often a lot easier to source from a caterer. And so what I typically do is order like ingredients to make something or whatever. In this case with Michelle, it, I don't even remember what was going on, Michelle. It was post-pandemic for the most part. It was like last spring. And so it was like 2022 spring. And I was in London and I think I called for caterers like I submitted my order 40 hours before with a bunch of different caterers. And then the next morning I woke up and like nothing, everyone was responding, hey, we're too busy. We can't take this order. And I was like stunned because that never happens. I used London caterers during the pandemic. I used, you know, Deluxe and uh all of these ones in in London and surrounding areas. I even tried Eric Holiner and I was like, what is going on? And they were too busy. And our friend Jamie passed on your info to me because you were still not really advertising, right? That you were open. <laughs> and so she was like, here, try Michelle. I think she might be able to do it. And bless you, I called you and you sounded so busy, but you took my order and we're able to do all of it beautifully um, and very short notice. And I, it sounded at the time like you were still so busy and you still came out personally to the plane to meet me, which was like above and beyond. Like, you know, I'd heard so much about you and I, I know what it's like on the other end. So being a flight attendant, um, so I know what that's like to have not people not come back like caterers not come back to you um or um just not having that communication there and you know I would hate to let you down so I was like I need to help this girl <laughs> there was a desperation in my voice for sure <laughs> it was amazing I was so pleased that you were happy with everything oh um, it was great have any delivery drivers was like okay I'm gonna drop this <laughs> oh you're so sweet it was so fun getting to meet you. And and it was, so the Delhi in-flight is new, but before that you were a flight attendant. Yes. For how long and how did you get into it, Michelle? So I was a commercial flight attendant for, for 10 years. Um, and then um, I've been in corporate private for 13 years. So Wow. Yeah, that's like 23 years. Oh my gosh. That's insane. Yeah. So you, you've been in it long enough to know the ins, the outs, the ups, the downs, <laughs> all the things. 
how did you get into corporate from commercial? Did you hear about it or were you just like you knew about it already? Um, what was the drive there? Yeah. So, I mean, commercial was great. I love my 10 years commercial, but I kind of almost felt like I needed something else, something else to push me. Um, and I was always interested in kind of the uh, looking after these guests in in a in a way that you you know you're the only person there with their food. They're you know entertaining, um, having more responsibility. So that was always kind of in the back of my mind that I'd really like to do that. Um, and then I I stopped and I um, had children. Um, I worked for a company called Aviation which are kind of in between the, the commercial side um, and the corporate side. So it, it's a jet full of employees from Ford. Um, so it was more kind of getting to know those guests on a regular basis, which I really loved. Um, and then, yeah, I stopped, had children. And then a friend of mine said, hey, um, do you fancy kind of corporate aviation, um, coming into corporate aviation? I was like, yes absolutely that's been on my mind for a while now um so i um i went for the interview i i got um uh i think you call it in the u.s contract position freelance position um and i i worked on a larger aircraft like an airbus 319 oh wow so i worked for them and uh, uh, there was a challenger 604 that i worked on as well um, so I was really happy there freelancing. Um, but then I got approached by somebody for a full-time position, again on an Airbus 319, um, as a senior member of crew, which I went for the interview, Gray, and to my kind of, I was stunned I got the position. I was like, okay, like this is great. Um, but yeah, I was with them for three and a half years. Absolutely loved it. Just loved being there um, for a family and and charter as well. Um, so, uh, it's a small team, um, which I prefer rather than a great big, large team. So it, it was fantastic. Um, and then, uh, I, I thought I actually quite like the smaller single crew as well. Um, and I wanted to explore that. So I, I left this company, which, um, yeah, was the right thing for me at the time. Nothing wrong with the company or, or my relationship. I just, I wanted to explore different parts of, um, of corporate aviation so uh yeah i, I then went full-time freelance um and i've been doing that ever since really so well 13 years uh, yeah 13 years i've been in corporate so you went so. back to corporate freelance so you were working for a bunch of different companies had enough contacts where you were just kind of dabbling in a little bit of everything exactly exactly networking like mad um yeah and i i got my own regular clients um and i was super busy have been super busy um since then so yeah no it's it's been it's been fantastic I've got so many stories and you know um kind of experiences and you know the the kind of whole part of being in that industry has been wonderful for me I've traveled over all of the world I think the only continent I haven't been to is probably Antarctica um I've been everywhere so I'm so grateful for that so I wouldn't That's change awesome. that awesome I love that isn't it so funny? I, I know you said that like, I I recognize something in myself when you said like, you know, you transitioned from commercial to private because you kind of like wanted the challenge. And that's exactly what it was for me. I loved commercial and that's where I had my, my first little taste of aviation. 
but I was like, I had a background in catering and culinary. And so you're used to having and exercising that like creative part of your brain kind of in doing that. Yeah. And so I heard a whisper of private aviation where you kind of were in charge of more of the food aspect of it. And I was like, I want it. I need that challenge. And like you said, like that one on one with people and like, you know, anticipating their needs and all of that, like that challenge is like something that just like, I don't know, I think we're crazy as flight attendants because we like that. We want that. But that feeling of the guests, you know, um, disembarking the, the jet and then being completely and utterly like, wow, we've loved this. It's been amazing. The food. And you know that that is all you. Yeah. Yeah. Like the flight, obviously, very, very important, but they have nothing to do with that part of things. So it's like, okay, that whole trip was successful because of everything that I'd put in. Mm-hmm. Um, so that feeling is just amazing for me. You know, that's what I, every trick that I used to have, I'm like, right, I want that. I want that at the end. I want everything to be perfect. And how can I have one up myself kind of thing? Yeah. I had a friend tell this story, which you might know this story. Um, and she was doing like business meetings with this person. And, um, so they, they were doing a lot of quick hops and then they would do the sit and wait while they were in a meeting and then they would do another quick hop somewhere. And so they got off somewhere, I don't know, let's say Washington, D.C. And, you know, they had been with this person for a few hours, already done a few quick hops. She had been flying this person for a while. And the girl goes, oh, man, like I, I, I forgot my eyebrow sharpener today and like I couldn't do my eyeliner or my eyebrows, whichever one. And she was like, oh, I really wish I could find that. She gets off, goes to her meeting and this flight attendant, uh, you can now like order Sephora to be delivered on like Instacart. And so she Instacarted like five different eyeliner sharpeners <laughs> to the plane. And so when she got back to the plane, like two hours later from her meeting, she had a plethora of eyebrow sharpeners or pencil sharpeners so she could finish her makeup. And she was like, whoa, that is just brilliant being ahead of the game like that. Yes. And I love that little example because it's like any small remark like that, we have the chance to like do something great with. Right. Love her. (laughs) Me too. She's pretty great. She's superhuman, this person. Uh, (laughs) um, Okay. So you went and so after you were in contract was it towards the end of this 23 years 10 years in contract where you started to be like well I think I could put these skills to use and start a catering company um yes and no um I wanted to train people um I'm a mom of three lovely children and I just had the um urge to try and help people into the industry um VIP flight attendant training um so that was kind of where I first recognized that, oh my God, I am actually okay at, you know, the whole DIY catering, plating, culinary skills. Um, within those courses, people were like, oh my God, that's amazing. That's amazing. Oh, you know, and I was like, got really excited about that. And I thought, yeah, this is where I want to be. Um, but I still do the training because that's a really important part of my life as well. And it still brings that culinary aspects into things but I just yeah I that that's when I first 
realize it's like okay I really want to do this and I want this yeah as part of my post flying career you know I hit 50 and I was like okay I now need to be doing this this is my dream and I'm going to make it a reality which I did I love that congrats on making it a reality I so love that I knew that you had done training like for people in the past I didn't know you were still doing it I want to do it yeah, it's it's just two days. Um, it's fantastic. It's such a fun two days as well. Um, and then I coach after as well. So I'm always there. Um, wow. Which is what I love to do anyway. So uh, you would be such a good teacher. I might need to come do that just so I get to spend time with you. Yeah. Come along. <laughs> come along. You're welcome to sit in. <laughs> I, I, we were just talking before we hopped on here how I was supposed to come see the Delhi in Flight Kitchen last year, um, but it was during a massive heat wave in London and we decided not to abuse ourselves. <laughs> last year, I've never known a year like it. It was just horrendous. On the catering side or weather side? The weather side as well was like a, a real big thing, you know, because we had to think, obviously the heat, it's refrigeration, it's, you know, people not being able to get the orders to the the um, produce and it was we were up against it with that heat um it's looking much better see <laughs> we're getting the opposite this year here it went from zero to 100 real quick and so we're getting like a heat wave this year yeah and i'm in washington which i mean we get nice summers but we don't get like heat heat very often and it just came out of nowhere we yeah. went like to like 90 degrees last week all of a sudden Ah, we're not built for this in Washington. <laughs> I remember last year being there during the heat wave and walking around London because London is one of my England in general, like is I would move there in a heartbeat. I never get tired of going there. I never get tired of London layovers. So I just like walk around till my feet have like blisters on them. And then I even then push on. But I remember being there during that heat wave. And I wanted to be out and doing things. I had my little list of things that I wanted to go do. And I had to like keep popping into these nice stores, like melting my face off and being like, oh, yeah, I'm so interested in buying this. No, I'm not. But just to get a little relief, I was like dying. <laughs> I, yeah, it was bad. <laughs> you need to hopefully come and sit again soon. I definitely will. I would love that. I would love to do a little England trip. I want to take a car and drive around like I love like Bournemouth and like I want to go over to the beaches. I've never heard someone else that likes Bournemouth because everyone's like, it's a beachy, sleepy town. Why would why do you want to go there? <laughs> Bournemouth is lovely. I think so. Yeah. And it's yeah. close to those one rocks. <laughs> right. Oh, Isle of Wight. Is yeah, that, right? Isn't that it? It's maybe the needles you're thinking. I don't remember. I'll have to look this up by the time the podcast comes out and I'll have it updated for everyone. Um, sorry, way off topic, but okay. So you started this. Did Delhi in Flight start in 2021 or 2022? So we have been running now um, just over a year. So not a vast amount of time. I've been working on this for a long time. Um, but uh, we have been actively um, catering for a year. Um, it took probably around six months to set up. Okay. Uh, but a lot longer in my head. Um, <laughs> it was six months of day and night, not thinking about anything else. Yeah. Um, figuring out, you know, 
all of the suppliers, the, the packaging. There's just so much that goes into it. Um, so yeah, that probably took around around six months. So, um, but operating wise, yeah, um, just over a year. Wow, that's amazing! Yeah, happy anniversary. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so you're saying like suppliers, packaging. Your packaging is one thing that I could rave about all day long, and it's one thing you pointed out to me when you brought my food to the plane was that you had put so much thought into this packaging because you had been a flight attendant. And so everything from like your squeeze bottles, which I love that you put all of your sauces and stuff in squeeze bottles, like it's such a simple thing, but hardly any caterers do that. Yeah. Just unless you really ask them and even then it might not come in it. And then every packaged thing was meant to fit specifically in ice drawers and in small fridges. Like you used every ounce of space with purpose instead of like a container for, you know, one little something that took off half your fridge. <laughs> all been there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it, one of my bugbears that used to make my day much more stressful than it needed to be. Um, so when I started this, I was like, okay, I need to take that stress away from the flight attendant. So I need to have everything made to measure so it fits in, uh, fits in the ice drawers and the juices will have like labels on the top so we can look I love that that was amazing what we've got there rather than taking things out and you know what it's like taking a bottle out of the ice drawer everything else falls in you can't get that so it's just things like that just everything that I'd learned through my 13 years I just wanted to put back into um into my catering my my packaging um because we haven't got much space on board and a lot of caterers don't understand that. A, a majority are absolutely fantastic, but I've had some bad ones, which has been like, and do you know what? In the States, it's bad. The packaging, the, the boxes that arrive at the aircraft and before your flight even starts, you're like, oh my God. And then you've got the banter from the flight deck going, how much have you ordered? It's like, oh yeah, uh-huh. The judgment is real. <laughs> yeah, but like massive boxes come in and ridiculous amount of packaging and, and you know, plastic. And I was like, I need to have everything that I can recyclable. And 90% is you can recycle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I need to have the, the least amount of, you know, packaging so that it, it comes on board and you can just go, right, that goes that goes in my fridge, that sits perfectly in my oven, that, you know, and everything is, you know, I, I went through in my head, you know, how can I make life easier for flight attendants, especially on short notice flights? It's like, and like, I think you had like the lemons, I will do yeah. all of the le- curls and the, the I'm obsessed of- with how you do this. It's, I've never seen it anywhere else. And <laughs> especially as someone that loves cocktails and mocktails, like, this made my whole flight. I'm pretty sure I have a video somewhere of them. And I'll try to find it before this episode comes out. It made me so happy, y'all. It has, yeah, the lemon curls. It has like, you know, little slices of lemon. It has them like decorated. And then you separately get your wedges cut in five different ways yeah. for any kind of use. And do you know how much time that saves? Like Exactly. And, it, and it's time, it's stress. It just makes the flight attendant's life so much easier and you know when those passengers board you haven't got any time 
you might have a whole flight of time where they just go to bed, but you know, you have to kind of That's rare. Yeah, it, it is it is rare. Um, but you have to kind of, you know, be so prep is yeah. key, right? Well, so, and I think you're probably used to in London, like most people being on like heading out to a long haul flight, I would assume, or at least minimum four to five hours over to New York, yeah. you know, or yeah. East Coast. So my guess is you're trying, like you said, to prep them for success because that's a long day, no matter how you shake it. Like London to wherever, it's going to be a long day unless you're re- doing like a rare, like within London or within Europe. Like it's going to be a long day. <laughs> Absolutely. And then obviously the night before, you have hardly any sleep, thinking, oh, God, we you know what's going to turn up tomorrow. Um, which is why I've always been a big fan of DIY where possible because I know what I've got and I know what I'm working with. But when you're working with a third party, you don't really know what you're going to get. Um, and, you know, a big thing for me is when I have um, an order come through is to get back to that flight attendant and say, yes, I can do it or no, I can't or I can do as an alternative. I can't do these items, but I can do this for you as soon as possible because I know what it's like going, why haven't they got back to me? Why haven't they got back to me? You know, it's it's just key. Well, and then I used you another time out of there, a second time that summer. And it was just the same thing where it was seamless. It was easy. It was just as good as the first time, if not better. Like um, at that point, you had been working probably two or three months open. And yeah. so a little different than the first time, but still amazing. And one thing back to packaging that you said that I liked was that like not only have you thought about all the sizes, but you also said, you know, American catering, which I love, is is <laughs> not ideal packaging 99% of the time. Um, like I can't think of one place that has done packaging like you. That's why I'm raving about you. Um, but one thing I really did love also is that you don't bring your catering in huge boxes. You bring them in your coolers, your reusable cooler bags, and you stay there while the flight attendant unloads it. And like for me, I requested that you keep give me a cooler too. Like I bought one from you, which I still use because it's a fantastic cooler. It's like the perfect one to sit in the lav. You didn't hear that, but you know, because we don't put things in the lav. No, um, <laughs> never. Mm-mm. But if you did, this bag fits perfectly. <laughs> and you put you put uh, you know the uh, cooler bags or ice cubes. You put icebox in there and all of that. and But in the time before that, when I didn't need that, yeah, it was so nice because I didn't have to throw all those boxes off. I didn't have to repackage anything. So when you left, my plane was just as I found it, you know? Yeah. Like I had yeah. everything put away. It was all beautiful. It was incredible. I think more companies should do that. Where Because also gave me the opportunity to, with you, to walk through what I had there if you're missing something, I'll make sure that you have whatever yeah. you're missing. Because I know what that feeling's like. It's yeah. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah. I recently um I was working on a BBJ, huge plane where they didn't normally have a flight attendant. And um the pilots wanted to do the catering order because they were used to doing it without a flight attendant. And yeah. I was like, Okay, can you at least like CC me on it? So they did. And it was like the most simple order. It was like bagels and cream cheese and a lox platter. I get to the plane and this caterer had this lox platter with three, you know, those tall, almost like rectangular 
oh, condiment I things. Buys them. Yeah. And so there were those clear ones. Oh. And there was four of them on the corners of this plate. So, so, you know, one in each corner. And they all were white. Looked like cream cheese. And I was like, cool, great. Um, unwrapped it, cool. Went to go serve it. They were all butter. No. No cream cheese. And mind you, this was a shame on Virginia moment where I was like, this is why I like taking charge of the catering. I should have yeah, poked it to make sure it was cream cheese, not butter. I don't know. But it looked, it was not like the creamy yellow butter. It was white butter. So obviously this person had accidentally, you know, I'm sure they had a fridge of pre-done stuff and they had accidentally done butter. But I was just... But I was just like, I should have, you know, and again, this is like rookie. This is just a few weeks ago. Rookie Virginia moment. But also check your catering. In yeah. Early. But yeah, but then, you know, with everything that's going on with the best one in the world, we haven't got enough hours to do everything, you know. Yeah. You've got so it's such a busy time before a flight. You know, you have to check all your uh, safety equipment as well. And that's before any of the catering take care of the flight deck and and everything's put on you so it is you know things do get missed and that's why you need somebody that you trust that will make sure everything's perfect we've all been there I like that someone you trust because that's why I also love doing my own catering for that reason and cooking on board myself because you know exactly what you have you know what you're capable of doing and so even if the day has gone to absolute shit you're like, I know I can do this. Like, even if everything else has gone wrong, once we get in the air, I can execute A, B, C, D to get this meal out, you know? And I love having that control or, you know, them being like, actually, we don't want that. We want this. Do you have the stuff for that? And you being able to like confidently be like, yes, I do, because you know exactly what is on that plane. Yeah. Um, it's one reason I love doing my own cooking on board, just because you have that control and flexibility in a way. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and we're very similar like that, but some flight attendants, that scares them. You know, the whole cooking thing scares oh, them. Oh, absolutely. It is quite nice to have somebody do that for you and do all the kind of, you know, with our single serve boards, they're all done as if everything's been done by the flight attendant. You can take the credit for that, but it's all ready to serve. Um, so that kind of, they've been very popular Yeah, for people you know, flight attendants that aren't quite so creative and, you know, they can take the credit. <laughs> yeah, creative in their own way, pleading yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Oh, we all have our own strengths and weaknesses and, you know, I've got my weaknesses. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that that's, uh, yeah, if, if we can help in that way, then, um, yeah, we, we well, will, yeah. You definitely do. Michelle, in starting up the catering company, what were, like, things that you didn't think that would be, I don't even know if it would be challenges or like what were things that you didn't think of that came up in getting ready to start up this catering company that you were like, oh my gosh, yeah, I have to do this. Can you think of any? Challenges. Yeah, I think probably um, I didn't realize the challenge of the workload uh, that, you know, you're, you're full on or then you might be like not have any orders for a few days um so that was challenging trying to have enough stock have enough staff um or or be able to say 
you know, I I haven't got any orders for a couple of days. Are you okay to to come back to me and maybe do some packaging or that kind of thing? It was it was really challenging in the first part to be able to balance that out, keep everyone happy because my my staff are the the most important, amazing people that you know I I I know they're they're just great. They give me everything. So. Um, and they're what make the deli in flight. Um, so it was having that balance of things like, you know, how much stock do I order in? And, uh, you know, in, in the early days, you know, I'm not a multimillionaire. So it was like, I, you know, I don't want to waste stock and yeah. money, funds and things. I'd already put a lot of money into setting up the deli in flight. So, yeah, I think that's probably was, you know, and, and, and still ongoing is a challenge, getting everything right. So. Yeah. And you're saying your staff and do you, are you the head chef there or do you have like a head chef or is it just kind of, did you pick it all up and you guys all put your brains together? I'm fascinated by, about the behind the scenes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So um, I'm not a chef. Um, I love my food. I've invested of um, training, um, but I'm not a chef uh, because I've always been busy doing other things. Um but that's not to say that I don't love food and, you know, think of myself as a chef. Um, but I've got a great, you know, a great network of professional individuals that help me. So, um, uh, yeah, I've got a great, I've got two great chefs that help me. Um, I've got a um, fantastic network of people, whether they be floristry, um, all of my suppliers are fantastic I've got a great relationship with them you know last minute things I mean this industry is very last minute so I kind of you know they're like my friends I'll call up oh, really can you help me can you help me um so I think that's really important to have those relationships with people because you know it, if you treat them well they'll be there as well for you when you really need them so absolutely um yeah I mean no I'm not a trained chef but I have got chefs that work for me and you're yeah. still in there doing stuff with the food. Like you're still oh. alongside doing the prep, doing stuff that you can do. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, yeah, I see every order that goes out because it's, it's my name against it as well. So, um, I will try and let go a little, you know, <laughs> a little bit, but, um, for me, it, it's, it's my baby. So it's, you know, I want everything to be perfect. Um, I, follow up with everyone that has catering orders just to make sure everything was to their satisfaction. I want people to tell me if they weren't happy with something so that I can keep getting better and better at what we're doing. So um, that to me is key. It's, it, it's not about having a company making money. For me, I want people to be happy. Mm -hmm. um, we're lower budget end of um, prices Everything on our website you can see. Um, there's no hidden extras there. Um, and, yeah, I just want to be able to help people, uh, flight attendants, you know, knowing what I, I've been in the industry for a number of years. So hopefully um, that's a comfort when you're you're ordering through us. So um, absolutely. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, I definitely think it's a comfort. And it you know that like when I was in my panic and did that order through you, I didn't even care what you gave me. I knew whatever you gave me, you would be willing to serve. And therefore I knew I would be okay with it. At that point, I gave you an idea of what I wanted. I'm pretty sure you fulfilled all of it. 
I, I know you did. Um, but I also was like, but really, whatever you want to give me, I'll take it. Um, and I knew from how Jamie talked of you and my interaction with you that I could trust whatever you were going to give me was going to be the best quality. And you were doing me a favor, like you were saying, treating people, you know, well, and then that can come back to you. You treated me above and beyond. And it was so great. And again, the packaging, I still just won't get over. Like if anyone out there is thinking of starting up a catering company, take note of deli and play packaging. Like it still sticks with me to this day. Like even the juice bottles, like she was saying, like have the labels on top. It also like they're short bottles so that they fit in your drawer. They're not mm-hmm. those ridiculous. Like, I think I got like a liter of green juice and she separated them into all these short bottles so that yeah. they fit in my ice drawer instead of those ridiculous bottles that are like saran wrapped on the top. Do you know those ones with like a rubber band? <laughs> I know. I mean, I've had like juices turn up in like Evian 1.5 liter, like reused bottle. It's not good packaging like, at all. It, it like... You know, we've we've had our uh, far, uh, rate, rated five for um, hygiene because I am so anal That's about anything. I'm so like everything has to be. We all have hair nets on. We all have our aprons. We have our gloves. Everything has to be absolutely perfect. That's and amazing. The guys are probably I probably drive them mad. But for me, like you know, can you imagine having a catering order and a hair being in there? That would be the end of the company. You know what this industry is like if. You do something wrong. If you do something right, sometimes it will get mentioned. But if you do something wrong, everyone will know about it. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think you're doing anything wrong. I have not heard anything. And I've sent several people your way. So I can't. <laughs> everyone I work with. I, you know, I like constructive criticism. It's great. I have That's nothing how- for you. <laughs> you're not going to get it from. I would give it to you if I had some, but I have nothing. Um, just the last few questions here. Um, I'm wondering, like, when you first started, did it take, I know you said, like, you'll go a few days without having an order and then you'll be super busy some days. Did you just use your network from flight attending? Yeah. So to begin with, absolutely. I, I contacted all of the management companies I'd been working with. Uh, I obviously had a great big network of people being in the industry for that length of time so I'd made friends you know like you have with Jamie and Jamie's a friend of mine as well she's fantastic she's been on the uh, VIP flight attendant training with me um, when she was in London so it's just kind of having those you know those individuals that you can contact share within the contact within your phone Um, so I just done everything I could Um, I contacted all the FBOs as well which I already had relationships with because I'd flown in and out of those Um, so it's just kind of getting my name out there, but I've not done, I am, and I, hands up, this is what I'm really bad at, is social media. I don't promote the Delhi in flight enough. I need to do that. I need to let people know how amazing it is. You, I absolutely, trust me, I get the issues with social media because I've had to start doing it with the podcast and I, I get tired of hearing my own voice. I get tired of seeing my face because obviously with podcast i love the american accent well thank you so much i worked all my life on it (laughs) i was just on a hike the other day with a friend of mine and we've been friends for 20 something years and um you don't look old enough well i'm 28 let me but 
we grew up together. Our parents were friends. So that's how how I'm able to say that. (laughs) You caught me. Um, And um, we were talking about like just girl stuff on a hike. And I was like, it's my goal still and has been since I was like 13 to marry a person with an accent. (laughs) So Michelle, you got to look out for me because I'm still working on it. It's a goal of mine. I will be content in life. No fight will ever be bad enough. They're just amazing. Like, how do people have accents all through different countries? It's just oh, I love our job for that reason. Language and but yeah, it 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 it's mesmerizing, isn't it? How that happens? Oh yeah, I would love to do a deep dive into that someday. How did this come to be? I don't know. I couldn't tell you. Okay, well, Michelle, last question for you, which I hope will be a fun one, is have you had any like super strange requests in this last? year and a bit of catering where you were just like what do I respond to this or was it I don't know I mean and if you don't have one for deli in flight maybe you have one yeah I mean not food wise to be honest everything's quite normal and we cater for a lot of the royal family um so and they won't have any other caterers so only last week we had a request to send um catering up for a member of the royal family to Presswick, which is in Scotland. So that's eight or nine hours drive. Oh, my gosh. Um, And they literally had a very small order, but they won't have anybody else cater them. So, Michelle, small brag here. That's amazing. Poor delivery driver. I said, okay, can you go up to Presswick with the order? Um, I'll pay for your accommodation. You can stay overnight and then just drive back empty the next day. Oh my gosh, that's crazy! Yeah, they, they um, they're amazing clients, but um, I'm sure <laughs> once you once you kind of get into that circle, people obviously talk. And now we're doing lots of work, you know, um, for the royal family. Wow, I, I I absolutely adore. So I'm happy to do that. That's um, amazing. Yeah, that's probably one of my recent strange requests of uh, an eight-hour <laughs> drive for a small order. Oh, my God. I mean, we've all done things like that where a client requests like something that you have to ship in or that you have to drive. I did a, a flight a few months ago where I had to go to four different grocery stores in L.A. to get stock items that I'm not kidding this writer for this account was like ridiculously long like every flight you had to have like these like 60 items everything they've ever eaten or had like <laughs> they're like they love this m&m brand that they had this one time bless you i know it's so hard and you you can't sleep if you don't get one of those items you you can't sleep but they might have had that item three years ago but you just want to have it there in case i had someone on that's Oh, her episode's coming out tomorrow. And um, a friend of mine in L.A., and she was telling, she's in the in-flight services side of things. And so she deals with all, like, the writers and, like, requests and passenger profiles. And she was like, I had this one passenger that one time, like, three years ago, requested a cough drop in his water waiting for him because he had a cold. So he wanted, like, the cough drop to you know, dissolve yeah. and to drink that. And I was like, that's genius. Well, then every flight for the next three years, the 
flight attendant saw that and they thought that they he wanted that. So all finally, like three years later, he goes to like, you know, he calls in flight and I was like, hey, like, I don't know what if this is like your guys' signature, like, like welcome or what, but there's a cough drop in my water every time I arrive. Is there somewhere like some way we cannot do that? <laughs> but it took like three years. That is hilarious. Also, bless that passenger for not like, I know, I mean, some passengers would like yell at the flight attendant, like, what are, what is this? What are you doing? Yeah. Um, it took him three years to come forward and be like, I'm sorry, like, but is this, this is weird. Yeah. Oh, a lot of flight attendants will relate to that. Yes, absolutely. All right. Well, yeah, yeah, it made me think I was like, I'm never going to use the word. They always want this or like always have this because that's not true. Very rarely is that accurate. Yeah. I mean, you know, when I have, um, when I have a catering order in sometimes because I have to have everything fresh, um, and I, I think I was talking to you earlier about, you know, I get up mega early so that I can prepare everything on the day. I don't like to do anything the night before. Um, but it it could be that I haven't got, you know, I've got an amazing fishmonger, but it might have been that I've, you know, got extra um, sea bass or, um, you know, salmon or uh, different fish. And I might not have the fish that you've asked for. So I can go, okay, you know, the fishmonger then I might not be able to get fresh so I don't want to get anywhere else because I love his produce um so okay I can't do the summer fillet but I can do an amazing sea bass which is better you're being honest about what's good yeah it's all you know locally produced and things so um it could be that you know I think a lot of caterers don't understand that it's like okay that's what I want and they go back and look for it and well I can't do that and come back to you and say no, I'm sorry, we can't fulfill your order. But instead have an alternative. Yeah, that you might even be, oh, yeah, I actually, that's a great, you know, I, I love sea bass and, um, you know, inspiration of how to design a menu, like that would go really well with that. And, you know, that's what I'm I've trained for for years. So I'm happy to help people with that as well. Well, and there's a way to sell that too. If you make that sound really good, the passengers are going to, or whoever you're dealing with, broker, flight attendant, they're going to be like, oh my God, thank you for recommending this. That sounds amazing. Like if you're like, this is a fu- like fresh caught, like it's grilled on the, you know, and you add all those fu- farm fresh, like <laughs> like if you add any of those fun, pretty words that people want to hear. Upselling your menu. Yeah, absolutely. You need to make things really interesting. Um, absolutely. So you need to come on the course as well. You could actually teach us a few things as well. Oh, I doubt that. I doubt that. Oh, you could. <laughs> okay. Well, Michelle, other than Presswick, what airports do you serve in England? Yeah. Just so, so people know. Yeah. I'm upsell Delhi in flight right now. Do your social media justice. Do a lot of work out of North Hall because we have a lot of the royal family. Um, we're based in between Stansted and Luton. So we deliver to Oxford, um, to Farnborough um, a lot of the time as well. So we can deliver anywhere, <laughs> as I explained. Um, but yeah, they're our main kind of London-based airports. Um, but uh, yeah, anywhere in the UK. For anyone curious about the Delhi in-flight, I will attach your Instagram and um, they can reach out to you if you're going through London. She is the best out there in London, anywhere around. Oh, my social media 
<laughs> I will do your social media any day. Just, you know, we'll work it out. And then I'll have to come do a work trip to London to, you know, meet everyone, get some yeah. behind the scenes stuff. This is a great plan. I'm all in. We grow a lot of the things here as well, like our, um, our flowers, the edible flowers. We grow all here. Our herbs. See, Michelle, this needs to be on your Instagram. No, right? Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna help you with this. I'm gonna we're gonna have a conversation. <laughs> uh, it's a, a pleasure to see you again, as always. You too. Um, hopefully, we'll talk soon. And thank you so much for coming on. You're welcome. Anytime, anytime. And uh, if anybody needs any help or guidance, you know, just reach out to me. Heck yeah, do it. It's worth it. <laughs>